This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Well, I want to bring you a message this morning entitled, Convinced. Convinced. Uh, We've been studying Romans chapter 8, and why don't you open your Bibles there now. Go ahead and get your Bibles. Some of you get your phone or whatever that means. Get it out. I said to somebody, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're finished Romans chapter 8, and they said, well, how about Romans chapter (laughs) 9? I said, go figure. Amen. Amen. No, I've got several messages I've been wanting to preach for a while. Romans chapter 8, I want you to look very, very carefully there. Verse number 38 and 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, 39. Father, before I read your word, I humbly ask you, living God, I want to stand on the promise you just spoke to me, that this is the word for now, this is the word for today. Help us, O God, to become what you called us to be. Speak to us through this message. Speak to us through these scriptures, that we might come alive in you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the victory that is ours in Christ. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do. Come on now, pray with me. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. And we thank you for what you've already done. But Father, we ask you now, just let your promise be fulfilled above and beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to try my best to behave myself this morning. I have not done so in the other two services um, because I'm convinced. See, King James said it this way, for I am persuaded. But let's read Romans 8 and 38. For I think this is the way it is. For I heard it said this is the way it is. Well, it used to be this way. Um, Well, it possibly might be this way. Anybody got that version? It's the doubter's version. Come on now. It used to be that way in the church. No, I I think it says something very specific. As I said, King James said, for I am persuaded. But the NIV says it very, very plainly. It doesn't say what used to be, what could be, what possibly could be. It says it very plainly, for I am convinced. I am convinced. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons... Neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are convinced. Have you ever had that task of convincing someone of something? I have been trying for 25 years to convince this lovely little lady that I'm right. (laughs) Occasionally, I start seeing hope, but then we lose ground. Amen. But I've been trying to convince her of things for all these years. I am convinced that, that someday I'm going to succeed in that. But, but as we talk about convincing someone of something, to be convinced means to give proof that alters someone's opinion from one thing. When you convince them, they go to another. Are you with me? 
To convince someone means that that's just to be the way I felt at once. But something was shown to me that caused me to move from, uh, well, that might be possible. That, that's the way I think it is, to now I am convinced because I have seen the proof. Now, I've come to preach to you this morning about being convinced of what? That God loves you and nothing can separate you from his love. And I want you to know I have seen the proof that God has gone to the depths of where I thought I, I couldn't go any lower and he still loved me. I've stood on the mountaintops and felt like a champion of the world, more than a conqueror, and there he still loved me. When I've been up, when I've been down, he's convinced me time and time again that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. I am convinced. I am convinced that no matter how hard I try to behave, I can't preach this sermon and do that. Amen. Why? Because I am convinced not of my own might, but I am convinced because the power of the Holy Spirit of God flows within us to change our lives, change our hearts, and to show us the love of God. Over the past several months, we've been studying the proofs that are given in Romans chapter 8, all the evidence that lets us learn certain truths and that wants to convince us of these things. We study the fact that there is no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. If there is therefore now no condemnation, why do the people of God live under condemnation? It's because you're following the flesh and not the spirit. If you'll learn to follow the spirit, you're going to walk to life. If you're following the flesh, you're going to end up in trouble and you're going to feel self-condemnation. But the condemnation that you feel is self-condemnation and from the enemy. It is not from God because when God looks at you, he doesn't look at you and go, yeah, you should die. You should die. You should die. He looks at you and says, I died for you. I died for you. I died for you because God loves you. Amen. I am convinced that all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purposes. I am convinced if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. I am convinced that we are more than conquerors. And I even sang the song this week because we are the champions of the world. Amen. I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Now, some of you may have a t-shirt that bears this emblem that I want you to see this morning. Some of you may, may have uh, seen parodies of this. It's become very, something that a lot of jokes have been made about. But a lot of people don't understand the significance of this, uh, this, this image that's been sold all over the world. I, I think somebody said 245 uh, a million copies of this, of this image have been created. But this keep calm and carry on. Keep calm. As I shared this story in the last service, one of the, the British uh, uh, congregants that we have here, he remembers this phrase and he remembers uh, the moments when this was necessary. This phrase was created along with three other phrases that were put forth when the British knew that the German uh, Blitzkrieg was about to begin, when they, when they knew that they were going to unleash an attack upon, uh, upon Great Britain. And they produced three phrases, one about being productive and, and, and a couple of other phrases. But this is the phrase that caught more than any, keep calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. But there's one key thing that they wanted you to get in your mind that maybe we as Americans wouldn't catch. But that crown is the crown of the Tudor, uh, called the Tudor crown. It's the crown of the king. And, and the, the king is still in place and you can keep calm and you can carry on. Let me say that again. The king is still in place. And as long as you're under the crown, you can keep calm and carry on because we're going to move forward. 
The Germans would release uh, the famous Blitzkrieg, which it was, this was their attempt. We will destroy in one massive on front of bombing. We will destroy the nation of Britain and cause them to crumble to their knees and, and cause them to give up the battle at this point. But instead of crumbling, instead of giving up, when, they were, when the bombs were dropped and like 20,000 homes were destroyed and cities and, and entire towns were gone, when that happened, instead of crumbling to their knees, it caused the British to stand up and this became their war cry. As long as we're under the crown, we'll keep calm and we'll carry on. Why? Because everything's in control. Everything will move forward. It might not look like it right this moment, but we will keep calm and carry on. Now, I got excited when I began to study that this week because as I began to study this, I understand something. I am under the crown of a king. Uh, Let me say that again. I am under the crown of a king, and as long as I'm under his crown, and what is his crown over us? Is it judgment? Is it condemnation? No, I am under the banner of his love. His love is above us. And as long as he loves me, I don't care where I go, what I do, the mistakes I make. He said, keep calm, carry on because nothing will fail me. I will love you anyways. Amen. You see, I have become convinced as long as I'm under the king's crown, I can move forward. Because he who began a good work in me will carry it through to his completion. I am convinced that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Are you with me this morning? I I want you to be with me. I am convinced that all things work together for the good of those that love God and called according to his purpose. I am convinced every promise is yes in Christ. I am convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God of God. So keep calm and carry on. Now look, don't use this phrase against your family when you go home today. If your wife's got that look in her eye, it could be dangerous to say, keep calm, carry on. Amen. Be careful. But it should become a resounding sound within your heart. A resounding trumpet's cry. When the devil says, give up, you say, no, no, I'm under the king's crown and I'm moving forward. I'm not giving up. His banner over me is love. Sometimes, however, God seems to put us in places to where when he says, keep calm and carry on, all we hear is keep calm. We're like, what? How in the world am I supposed to keep calm? Because when there's a real, real bad situation that happens, I don't go into calm mode. I go into get out of the way, we'll get it fixed mode. I'm not nice. Move. We'll do this. That's the mode I go into. But sometimes you have to understand that you're facing situations you can't change. Moses was facing the chariots of Egypt bound to slaughter him. I mean, their firstborn sons were all dead. They came to slaughter the people of Israel. The Red Sea's on his back. The slaughtering forces is, is on the other way. And all of a sudden, God speaks to him. And this is what Moses says in Exodus 14 and 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. I'm tired of living in fear. I am tired. Why can I be free from fear? Because I know the one who loves me no matter what. I know the one who's in control. I know the one that no matter what I face tomorrow, he's still going to love me in the middle of it. And no matter when I fail, he's still God and he's still faithful and he's still able. Can I get an amen this morning? Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. And I'm believing for today deliverance. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. 
the Lord will fight for you. You need to only be still. Some of you like that phrase, but that's hard for me. Just be still. I'm like, God, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. When I face a battle, I want to be like like Samson. I want to take a a donkey jawbone, and I want to beat somebody to death. Come on now, amen. But that's not what God's word says. It says, be still. Wait and see what God can do. Stop trying to be the God in your situation and let God be God in your situation. Because I want you to get this simple point. Sometimes God leads us to a place where we have nowhere to turn but to him. He's trying to get us out of our own self-sufficiency, our own ability, because as long as we're talking, everything's going to be fine. As long as we're fixing things, no, be quiet. Stand your ground and lift up your eyes for your redemption draweth nigh. Lift up your eyes into the hills of the Lord, for that's where your help comes from, not from within you, but it comes from the Lord. Feel this today, because nothing that we are going to face will be able to separate us from the love of God. No matter how beat up we end up in this life, God's love is still there. Stand still. Stand firm. We may not know what we're going to do, but this we do know. We know what we're not going to do. We're not going to panic. Why? Because we know who holds our destiny. We know who has our future in his hands. And as a pastor, I've had to learn to keep calm carry on. There's been those moments to where I don't know where we're headed as a church. I don't know what's happening, but I understand something that God's working for our good. Keep calm, carry on. I've had to learn the same thing in marriage. Keep calm, carry on. Stay quiet. If you want to live, come on now. Amen. Keep calm. But all the men say, amen, <laughs> and carry on. I've had to learn the same thing in raising children. I do believe there should be an age that you're allowed to buy a box and put them in until they go to a certain age. Come on, amen. 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 Y'all are the only service to clap when I said that. Amen. Y'all got a lot of teenagers in this service. Yes, Pastor. Yes, amen. Uh, Wait, when you start realizing how much, you know, there's a psychological fact that what you dislike most about someone else is normally something you dislike about yourself. So when you're extremely frustrated with them, don't be mad at them for just being like you. That was free. Let's move on. (laughs) Keep calm. Carry on. Hey, sometimes in business and you don't know what's happening, your company may be going through a merge or something's happening. Keep calm carry on. If you watch the news and you see the political landscape, keep calm and carry on. Amen. What that means is that we know God loves us, so we stop trying to earn his love. You see, the devil wants to get you on a journey where if he can't get you to stop loving God, he wants to make you think God can't love you and wants you trying to earn God's love. But God will not love you less or more than he loves you right now because God loves you wholly. How can a God who came to make you whole make you whole if he's not whole? He loves you wholly. It's a holy love, but it's whole. 
A little play on the English language there. You see, what we have to do is keep doing the right things day in and day out because God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. No matter what you face, God is not running or going to lag behind. Paul said it this way. He said, if you face death, keep calm. Carry on. If you face life and everything where dying might seem easier, God's speaking to somebody. I curse every demon in hell back to where they belong that has been telling you to give up on your life. And instead, I remind you of God's word that nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I challenge you, keep calm, carry on. Whether you fight something natural or supernatural, keep calm and carry on. Whether you fight problems in the present or in the future, keep calm and carry on. Whether you fight powers that are greater than you, just remember that though those powers may overwhelm you, they cannot overwhelm him. Because our God is in control, we can keep calm and we can carry on because we serve the King of glory. Amen. Then Paul throws this in. He said, height nor depth can separate you. Neither height nor depth. What is the highest height? I, I can't even begin. It's like, it's like a number dash ZNF something. I don't even know how to begin to say the highest height known to man. But I do know this, that it's 13.8 billion light years from where we are. Okay? The galaxy that is the highest height known to man is 13.8 billion light years. 13.8 billion light years, the greatest height. And I am told by the word of God that if I were to go to that distance... He would still love me if I were to go to the greatest depth. The greatest depth known, to, known to, the, to the earth is called Challenge Deep. And Challenge Deep is below the U.S. territory of Guam. And there in that trench, that below Guam, is 6.85 miles deep. If I were to sink to the depth of that Challenge Deep, that'll preach somewhere right there. No matter what challenge and how deep it is. Come on, amen. God's love would still be there. So no matter where I end up, from space to the depths of the ocean, God is present in his love and working for my good. I didn't tell these other pastors what to preach during revival, but every one of them, not knowing where we were ending up in this passage this morning, have preached and it shows me the Holy Spirit speaking to somebody. Some of you don't know what to do right now. You're screaming for air, trying not to drown. You need to mirror your father and love. That's what will bring you through. But the problem is we view God's love by our ability to love. You see, you know what the only thing that will frustrate the love of God is? Your refusal to accept it or your refusal to give it. You see, I, I not only have to say, yes, Father, I understand that you love me. I have to become a conduit for his love to flow through me. And we have to love. Now, I, I'm a little strange and maybe a little rude when it comes to my family, but, but I don't know why I started this with Christina back, back in the day, but, but she, I, I don't even mean to do it, but it just kind of, it, it's, it's who I am. And, and she says, I love you. Would, would, you say, would you say that for me, honey? I love you more. I love you beyond infinity times infinity, but here we go. I love you more. Uh, Y'all are grossed out, but let's go on. Amen. See, the point is this. 
my wife, my children, when I say I love you, they say I love you. I don't know why, but I just automatically say I love you more. It's just, it's just I love you more. It's not possible for you to love me the way I love you. But they've all bantered a little bit, and she's not a real arguer unless she's in a bad mood. But anyways, uh, 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 but did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Anybody got lunch plans? But no, I'm just late. No. Uh, where was I? Oh, I say I love you more back. She's never really argued with me about it. I mean, she, she thinks she knows different, but I do love her more. My children have bantered with me a little bit about said thing, but Charlie will not, will not, since he's coming to our home, will not accept it until I told him one thing. He's like, no, you, you can't love me more. I love you to the sun and back. And I'm like, well, I love you beyond the sun. I love you 13.8 million light years. You know, I mean, I got you covered right there. You know, he's like, well, what's infinity times infinity? I don't, I don't know. And finally he said, well, prove it kind of thing. And I said, okay, Charlie, real simple. Show me your hand. Make a fist. So Charlie made a fist. And I said, okay, Charlie. You see that? That's the size of your heart. And by that little seven-year-old hand, I put this big old hand. I said, and that's the size of Uncle Don's heart. I said, my heart's bigger. I can love you more. (laughs) And guess what? He got it. Guess what? His heart is bigger. He's not limited by our pains. Because most of us only love to the extent that it doesn't violate our scars. But what did he say to Thomas? Look at my scars. He's not afraid of his scars. They're simply Another voice declaring nothing can separate you from his love. And what Paul's simply trying to tell you, why don't you just make that fist with me? Will you make it with me? As as big as your love is for him, his love is bigger still. Would you take your Bibles one more time and return to Romans chapter 8? Just look at verse 38, 39 again. But I want you to do it very specific. I want you to take, remember when you were learning to read, you took your finger and you put it there. Unless it messes up your phone, I get that. But uh, uh, um, put your finger on that verse. Put it there. Just hold it there for a moment. Hold hold, hold it. Just hold it there. For I am convinced, say that with me, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, come on now, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Stand with me if you would. Keep your Bible open though. Keep, it, keep your finger there for just a moment. Keep your finger there. I want to tell you about a man from history that Unless you're an, a, a history major, there's one person I think might know who I'm talking about in this place. Most of you will never have heard of John Bruce. John Bruce from history didn't have a glorious position, but he was a federal judge appointed by President Ulysses S. Grant. 
John lived his life, finished his term as judge. And the end of his life, as he lay upon his deathbed, he looked at his daughter and he said this simple phrase, fetch the book. Fetch the book. Got my finger there. You got your finger there. Fetch the book. She came walking with immediately knowing what he was talking about and brought his tattered Bible to his side. He said, open to Romans 8. So she did. And he said this simple thing to her. He said, put my finger on Romans 8, 38. And you hold it there until I'm gone. You hold it there until I'm gone. So she took that feeble hand that death had come to claim and he claimed his victory again because he put his stake as he breathed his last, his finger was on that promise for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he breathed his last. If I have to be convinced of anything, I have been convinced of my failures. I have been convinced of my weaknesses. I have seen proof that I am not perfect. But I have seen far greater proof that his love never fails, never runs out. His love endures forever. Would you bow your heads with me in this place? I want to ask you a simple question today. Are you convinced? Are you convinced that God loves you and his love will never fail if you're convinced of that can I see your hand in this place just hold it up high hold it up high Jesus you see our hands I thank you I thank you that these are all different testimonies and different stories and and my goodness I feel the Holy Ghost of God just just wait on him for All right, put those hands down. I'm just going to obey the Lord right now. This is not going the way of other services. I'm just obeying God. There are people here that the moment your hand goes up, you you heard the, but what about? But what about that area? Or what if they knew that about you? Or what what about that? Listen, God knows it all, but but you know who you are. Where where are you? Just be honest that, that there's a what about in your life that the devil's trying to tell you God can't love you because of that. Let me see your hand. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. God loves you. God loves you. I feel like I'm speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit. God loves you. He died for that area. He died for that area. He loves you. Nobody looking around, everybody praying. Hands down. Listen to me carefully. You are here. God brought you here for a purpose. God brought you here today because he loves you. And there are people listening to the sound of my voice right now. There are people watching. There there are people that are are, are driving down the road listening right now. God's speaking to everyone from this room to those cars. 
in those homes. God's speaking. And if God's speaking to your heart, this is your moment. This is your hour. This is your time. The devil has tried to convince you your whole life that God couldn't love you because of something that happened or, or because of something you did. God loves you. It's time for you to put your finger on faith and accept Jesus Christ today. And nobody looking around and everyone praying. I haven't embarrassed anybody that's raised their hand today and I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're here and you say, Pastor Don, I'm tired of running. I want to surrender to the love of God that's been chasing me my whole life. I want to know Jesus. Hand up quickly. People's hands are already going up in this place. Amen. Come on, join. There's four or five that are already up. Is there others? Are there others today? And Jesus, hold them up high. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Today's your day. This is your time. This is your moment. You're surrendering to the love of Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put those down. Join hands with someone near you. The word of God says this. That if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, that we would be born again. It's that simple. It's that plain. We would be born again. We're going to pray a prayer of confession. As you become convinced, you're about to have unbelievable proof in your life of what God can do. I speak that to you. There's proof. God's spoken to somebody. I still feel him today. Some of you are going to see proof that, that, it, that the struggles where you, you may feel like you're dog paddling, but you keep it up. There's one come walking on the water your way. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, by faith, we believe your promises. We believe you love us. Heavenly Father, we repent of our sins. We confess we have failed you. We ask that you would forgive us. And in Jesus' name, because he came for us, because he died for us, because he lives for us, we now accept your love. We are forgiven. We are loved. And from this moment on, all that we have, all that we are, belongs to you. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. Father, I pray for all of these others this morning, Lord, that have prayed these prayers, that have said there are areas of their life that, that the enemy is trying to beat them up on. Father, I just sense that some have areas of unforgiveness. That as they learn to give the love, that the love that they seek is going to come rushing in. As they become convinced that the love of God chases them, even through the door they don't want to walk through this week, your love chases them. And we will stand and we will see the salvation of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many of you are convinced this morning? Amen. Amen. God's good. Give him a mighty praise. Hallelujah. Amen.
What's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now? To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.